Legal Thoughts, Coleman Jackson, Attorney and Counselor at Law. Welcome to Legal Thoughts. My name is Coleman Jackson, and I am an attorney at Coleman Jackson, PC, a taxation, litigation, and immigration law firm based in Dallas, Texas. In addition to myself, we have Alexis Brewer, Tax Legal Assistant, Liliane Gautiedra, Litigation Legal Assistant, Gladys Marcos, Immigration Legal Assistant, and Johanna Power, Tax Legal Assistant. On today's Legal Thoughts podcast, our Tax Legal Assistant, Alexis Brewer, will be interviewing me on the important topic of misclassifying gig workers. Hi, everyone. My name is Alexis Brewer, and I'm a tax legal assistant at the Taxation, Litigation, and Immigration Law Firm of Coleman Jackson Professional Corporation. Our law firm is located at 6060 North Central Expressway, Suite 620, right here in Dallas, Texas. A few weeks ago, we discussed the gig economy and the differing obligations for gig workers, depending on if they were classified as an employee or an independent contractor. Today, we're going to continue that discussion, but this time from the employer perspective. Good afternoon, attorney. Thank you for agreeing to sit with me as I interview you with respect to this hot tax topic of misclassifying gig workers. Let's go ahead and jump in. My first question What does it mean to misclassify a worker, and how does it happen? Good afternoon. Employee misclassification is the practice of treating workers as independent contractors rather than employees. If you recall from our podcast a few weeks ago, Alexis, where we discussed the tax implication for gig workers, I stated that employers classify workers based on their degree of control and independence in the relationship, using three main categories, behavioral control, financial control, and relationship control. Worker misclassification can be unintentional, but sometimes employers are incentivized to misclassify workers in an attempt to cut costs. When workers are classified as independent contractors, employers avoid complying with payroll withholding and reporting laws. They avoid paying FICA taxes, and they avoid covering the workers under workers' compensation and unemployment insurance programs. All such avoidance is in violation of federal and state tax and labor laws. So, attorney, what are the consequences for employers if they were to misclassify a worker? That's an excellent question, Alexis. Ultimately, it is the employer who is responsible for correctly classifying workers. So misclassification can lead to a variety of penalties and liabilities for employers. Within the state of Texas, employers are subject to the Texas Unemployment Compensation Act, the TUCA, and are liable to pay unemployment taxes for employees. Misclassification can subject employers to fines and increased taxes and interest charges. The Texas Workforce Commission enforces these laws. If the employer is operating under a government contract, a fine of $200 per worker is assessed for each misclassified worker. Federally, employers are subject to the Fair Labor Standards Act, the FLSA which has been around for decades, years, which mandates minimum wage and overtime pay 
in the United States. Criminal penalties or charges and liability for back wages may be levied against employers and executives who violate this law, whether willfully or not. This law is enforced by the uh, United States Department of Labor. There are also federal tax consequences for misclassification of workers. If it is determined that the employee was in fact misclassified, the Internal Revenue Service, IRS, may require the employer to pay the employer's share of the FICO tax for the period of misclassification. On top of this, Alexis, the employer may also be required to pay the employee's share of the FICO tax, food tax, and income tax. This is significant because the employer is now having to pay 100% of the payroll tax associated with having an employee rather than splitting that cost with the employee. If the IRS determines that an employer willfully misclassified their workers, penalties can be even greater. Wow, that seems like quite the consequence. That takes me into my final question. How can employers avoid misclassifying workers? And is there any type of relief for employers who do misclassify? Alexis Form SS8 is the first step to avoid worker misclassification. If an employer is having trouble determining how a worker should be classified, or if an employee does not agree with how their employer has classified them, Form SS-8 can be filed with the Internal Revenue Service. That's Form SS-8. Once filed, the IRS will make the ultimate determination on how to classify the worker in question. If the IRS believes an employer has misclassified an employee, employers may be responsible for back pay. The IRS has also provided another avenue of relief with Section 530 of the Internal Revenue Code. Section 530 acts as a safe harbor provision and terminates an employer's employment tax liability for misclassified workers if three conditions are met. One, reporting consistency. Employers must have timely filed all required returns consistent with their treatment of the worker as a non-employee. For example, if the employer claims the worker is an independent contractor, Form 1099 must have been filed for all the taxable years at issue. If no information return requirements exist for a particular tax period, relief will not be denied on the basis that the return was not filed. In other words, this is how an employer who misclassifies a worker can get that employer's employment tax liability for the misclassified worker's relief. Two, substantive consistency. If the employer or predecessor treated the worker or any worker holding a substantially similar position as an employee at any time after December 31, 1977, the employer will not be eligible for relief from penalties associated with misclassification of workers. Let me repeat that. This is number two, substantive consistency. If the employer or predecessor treated the worker or any worker holding a substantially similar position as an employee at any time after December 31, 1977, 
the employer will not be eligible for relief from penalties associated with misclassification of workers. The IRS determines whether to grant relief for misclassification of workers based on all the facts and circumstances. The service reviews the day-to-day -day services performed by the worker and compares the job functions performed to those performed by other workers properly classified as employees. The mere fact of similar job titles or categories alone are not sufficient to doom the employer's request for penalty relief under this section of the Internal Revenue Code. And number three, reasonable basis. The employer must have reasonably relied on one of the following three safe harbor provisions. One, prior audit. That would be an internal revenue service audit. Two, judicial president. Or three, industry practice. Employers must have relied on the alleged authority at the time the employment decisions were being made for the periods at issue. In other words, they can't go back after the fact, after being caught, and say they're relying on uh, these safe harbor provisions, prior audit, judicial president, or industry practice. They have to rely on it at the time they make the hiring and employment decision. Despite Section 530 being available, few employers actually qualify for relief because they are unable to provide a reasonable basis for misclassifying the employee. Employers who do not qualify for Section 530 relief will be assessed employment taxes and even trust fund recovery penalties sometimes. For employers who are under examination but do not qualify for Section 530 relief, may seek relief under the Classification Settlement Program, that's the CSP program, Classification Settlement Program of the Internal Revenue Service. The CSP allows employers to work with IRS examiners. These are employers who are under audit examination. The CSP allows employers to work with IRS examiners and negotiate an agreement to lower their employment tax burden. To qualify for the CSP, employers must have reporting consistency. That simply means that the employer must have timely filed Form 1099 for workers classified as independent contractors. In order for an employer to attain relief under CSP, Classification Settlement Program, the employer must receive a CSP offer letter from the Internal Revenue Service and agree to prospectively reclassify workers as employees. The last option, Alexis, available for employers who misclassify workers, the last option for relief from penalties associated with this misclassifying its workers is the Voluntary Classification Settlement Program. That is the Voluntary Classification Settlement Program administered by the Internal Revenue Service, the VCSP. The VCSP allows employers to voluntarily reclassify workers for future tax periods with limited federal employment tax liability for past non-employee treatment. To qualify for the VCSP, 
the Voluntary Classification Settlement Program, administered by the Internal Revenue Service, employers must have reporting consistency and cannot be under IRS audit examination. Alexis, to summarize here, there could be many, many reasons why employers misclassify workers. It is not always intentional. Many times it's probably not intentional. However, misclassification of workers are not a victimless infraction or failure to comply with federal and state uh, laws, labor laws and tax laws. The misclassified workers are harmed because they are paying self-employment taxes when they should not be paying them. And in some instances, long-term misclassified workers are harmed when they retire and begin to receive Social Security benefits since their Social Security wages are likely to be understated or underreported. The integrity of the overall United States tax system is harmed because oftentimes when workers are misclassified, the correct amount of tax is never paid. That is, neither the employer nor the worker pay the income taxes which are required to be withheld from employees' paychecks. Employers must, under law, withhold income taxes from the paycheck of their employees and submit it to the Internal Revenue Service on a scheduled. The industry and the U.S. economy in general are harmed when workers are misclassified because unfair advantage can be achieved by those employers who are misclassifying their workforce. Attorney, thank you for sitting with me today to explain what it means to misclassify workers, the penalties in place to prevent misclassification, and the available relief for employers who realize that they have misclassified their workers. Misclassification of workers as independent contractors when they should be classified as employees is clearly not a victimless crime. It seems like the takeaway here is that employers need to be careful and mindful when classifying their workers to avoid all the possible consequences resulting from misclassifying their workforce as independent contractors when they should in fact be employees. To our listeners who want to hear more podcasts like this one, please subscribe to our Legal Thoughts podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Everyone take care and come back in about two weeks for more taxation, litigation, and immigration legal thoughts from Coleman Jackson, PC, located right here in Dallas, Texas at 6060 North Central Expressway, Suite 620, Dallas, Texas 75206. For our English callers who wanted to go ahead and call into our office, our number is 214-599-0400. For our Spanish-speaking callers, the number is 214-599-0432. And for our Portuguese callers, our number is 214-272-3100. This is the end of Legal Thoughts for now. Thank you for all giving us the opportunity to inform you about misclassifying gig workers. If you want to see or hear more taxation, litigation, and immigration legal thoughts from Coleman Jackson, PC, subscribe to our Legal Thoughts podcast on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay tuned. We are here in Dallas, Texas, and want to inform, educate, and encourage our communities on topics dealing with taxation, contracts, contract litigation, and immigration. Until next time, take care.